Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. I remember every year in my elementary school, they would host a spelling bee. Now, it wasn't like those ones on ESPN where the kids would, you know, walk to the front of the stage and stand like this, and you'd have to recite uh, the words, and then they would ding you if you got it incorrect. Instead, you would just, we'd all sit at our desk, and they read out 50 words, and you just have to try to spell them on your paper. Unfortunately for me, I am an absolutely terrible speller. I still can't, I still misspell my, my wife's middle name. It's Rachel. Can we have a standard spelling for Rachel? A-E-E-A, just an E. It's just like, I can't, I can't remember. I'm not, I'm not smart enough. But I, I remember we'd do the spelling test and after, or spelling B, it's probably just a test. We'd spelling B and we'd gather in this room for the awards ceremony. And we, when we were in the room, the first place person got a blue ribbon. The second place person got a red w- ribbon. And the third place got a white ribbon. And then when it was over, something odd happened. The teacher went around to all the rest of us, and she would hand it out us pink ribbons. I got one of these every year, by the way. Pink ribbon. I got that pink ribbon. I flipped it over, and written on that pink ribbon was the word participant. Participant. Not first place, not second place, not third place. Participant. Now, I knew what participant meant. I couldn't spell it, but I knew what participant meant. This was a thanks for trying award. Like, this was a shame award. Like, I remember walking in the hallways with those little pink ribbons and just feeling the shame. You know, he's like, you didn't win anything. We all knew there was a massive difference between the blue ribbon and the pink one. So my name's Travis. I'm the pastor out at the T campus, and we've been in this series called Five Things I Wish I Knew About Jesus, Following Jesus. And so what we did is we gathered the information from a bunch of people that have been following Jesus for a while, and we put that together into the five different messages, things that they thought were super important for us to know about following Jesus. And today we're in the last week of that message. So the one thing, the last thing actually, that people need to know about following Jesus is it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Now, what I didn't tell you about the spelling bee is every year they would give us a little blue book with all the spelling words in it. And we could take that home and we could practice them for the spelling bee. Do you know how many times I opened that book? Yeah, zero. Negative number, probably. I think I threw it away. Like, I don't know what I expected. I hated the shame of the pink ribbon, but I never tried. Like, I never practiced. I never did anything. It's like, is God going to whisper in my ear, like, this is how you spell Rachel? Or, you know, it's like, you know, I didn't do anything. How could I have expected to get anything more than a participation ribbon? I think this is true of our faith as well. Oftentimes, we maybe pray a prayer, get confirmed, go to church, And we think that we're going to have a dynamic relationship when that's all that we do. But it takes a lot more work than that. So Paul, who 
writes this letter, the, the letter called Corinthians. He writes it to the city of Corinth, excuse me, and he writes about this very idea. And this passage of scripture is, is awesome. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you win it. Every athlete goes into strict training in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So Paul, he's writing this letter to the city of Corinth, which was in ancient Greece. Does anybody know what started in ancient Greece? The Olympics, the Olympic Games. So in Greece, they actually had a bunch of different games. One of them was the Olympics. A less popular one that you've probably never heard of was called the Isthmian Games. Try saying that three times really fast. It took me all week to be able to pronounce that correctly. The Isthmian Games, basically the same as the Olympics, just in a different location. The Isthmian Games started in 400 AD, and they, sorry, 400 BC, and they went all the way to 500 AD. So that's 900 years of the Isthmian Games. And when they competed in the games, they were competing to honor the god Poseidon. And now in Olympic Games, there's like obviously tons and tons of different competitions, but the Isthmian Games only had a few. You had running races, they had chariot races, they had boxing, wrestling. They even had musical and poetry contests. I don't know about you, we need to bring back poetry to the Olympics. Like how would you even do that? Like how would you have a poetry competition? I'm not, I'm not quite sure how you do that. But the Isthmian Games... And this is so important. They were held right outside the city of Corinth. So when Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians, he's basically saying, hey, I know that you know about these Isthmian games. I know you know everything about boxing and running. And so I want to take what you know, and I want to teach you something about Jesus. Especially as it pertains to this idea that it takes work. It's not as easy as we think. It's going to be. So what does Paul have to say to us? The first thing that Paul says is, if you're going to play, play to win. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may win it. Paul's saying, this is the perspective you need for the game this is the perspective that you need for your faith. If you're going to play this thing called following Jesus, you better play to win. Now, what does this mean? I, I don't want to throw any shade towards participation trophies and ribbons. I know we all got different opinions on whether we should hand those out or not. But what Paul is saying is following Jesus isn't something we just participate in. It's a game to win. Following Jesus isn't like the spelling bee where even if you miss 30 words wrong on the test, you still get a participation ribbon. That's not what it looks like in our faith. We play the game to win. Now, that might be kind of unsettling for us because we all know the overzealous dad at the first grade soccer game, right? 
He's yelling at the refs, which are like middle school refs, like middle school kids refing. You know, he's like sending emails throughout the week to the volunteer coach about all of his winning strategies. They're on the sidelines, he's squirting Gatorade in his kid's mouth. Like, we got that idea in our head of that overzealous coach, and it's like, that's what it looks like to win at all costs. Well, that's a super unhealthy example. That's not what Paul is talking about. Paul is simply saying this, play the game, run the race like it matters. Play the game, run the race like something is at stake. Don't be lazy, don't lollygag around. If you're gonna do this Jesus-following thing, play to win. The truth is, I think, and I'm, I'm in this boat as well, in our faith today, it's so easy for us to play for a participation ribbon. You know, we're okay just going to church and being Christian enough, but our faith doesn't really matter. The winning mindset is so different than the participating mindset. If you have a winning mindset, you put all your energy into it. You sacrifice for it. You're intense about it. And Paul's saying the perspective you need for this Jesus-following thing is you need to play to win. So question for you, as you look at your faith, as you look at following Jesus, are you playing for a participation ribbon or are you playing to win? The second thing that Paul says to us, he says, if you're going to play, put in the work. If you're going to play, put in the work. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but one receives the prize, so run that you win it. And then he says this, every athlete goes into strict training. We all know this, but like athletes don't just become great overnight. Like I know that they have gifts and stuff, but no athlete becomes great overnight. They put in the work. Now, when I think about athletes, I think of two different ways that they put in the work. They put in the work by abstaining, and they put in the work by training. First, training. Training is the stuff that an athlete does to get better. So it's the stuff that an athlete puts into their life to get better. That's training. Abstaining. Abstaining is the stuff that an athlete does not do to get better. It's the stuff that they take out of their lives. So what does this look like in our faith? Well, the Bible and Jesus and the people that wrote the Bible, they're constantly telling us of things we should put into our lives, training, and things that we should take out of our life, abstaining. And this is oftentimes when people that are like new to Christianity, they're like, ah, I'm going to check out of that. Like, I don't want to do all, any of that weird Christian stuff. I don't want to train in any of that weird Christian stuff. And I for sure don't want to abstain from anything that I am currently doing. So I don't want any part of that abstaining and training. And I've been there too, so no judgment. I've been there too. And it's still sometimes it's like, there's things I don't want to do. There's things I don't want to abstain from. But I think in the church, we've done a really poor job of saying why we should abstain and why we should train in these areas. You know, Jesus at one time, he says it's a narrow path 
to follow him. And I really, what I think he's saying is like, man, if you want to find the fullness of God, you have to train, you have to abstain, you have to put things into your life, you have to take things out of your life so you can get on this narrow path to find the fullness of God. You don't train and abstain to be miserable. You train and abstain to find him. So let's start with abstaining. Abstainings are the things that an athlete does not do, the things they remove out of their lives to get better. The most obvious instance of this is uh, diet. If you're a high-performance athlete, you remove all kinds of drinks and foods out of your life to stay at that high a performance. Like you don't eat junk food, you don't eat sugar, you don't drink soda pop, you don't, you know, you don't drink alcohol. You like take that stuff out of your life so you can be at peak performance. What do we need to abstain from in our Christian life to be at peak performance? I remember when I was in college and I started following Jesus, I was really struggling with what I was saying, my words, especially I would say inappropriate comments about females to my buddies. And I remember uh, just sitting there once and it just struck me. I'm like, these women that I'm saying inappropriate comments of are literally children of God. They are daughters of the high king. I would never in a million years say these things about my daughters. So why would I say it about God's daughters? And from that moment on, you know, first, you know, I want to do that because you do that to respect women. But secondly, man, I just, God had something more for me. I wanted more of his fullness in this area. So I had to remove that from my life and stop saying those things to my friends. What do you need to abstain from? What do you need to get out of your life? You know, maybe it's complaining. Man, we live in a complaining society, don't we? Maybe it's a substance abuse. Maybe it's something sexual. Maybe it's lying. These things that we have to get out of our lives so we can get on that narrow path to find the fullness of God. So that's abstaining. The next one, training. We aren't to just abstain. We're also to train. This is what the athlete does, what he or she puts into their body in order to be better. Uh, Steph Curry is like the best shooter in the NBA. And in the offseason, he makes 500 shots a day. I didn't say takes 500 a shot. He makes 500 shots a day. And nobody is looking at me right now because everybody's watching Steph just like nail three after three. But what does it look like for us to make 500 shots a day in our faith? I remember when I was in college, again, my grandpa had given me a Bible, and I'd never really read it. And every night before I went to bed, I would just start reading a little bit of the Bible. And before I knew it, I'd read through the whole New Testament. And God, God tells us that the Bible, the Scripture, is the breath of God. And so I just imagine those nights up in my bunk just reading the Scripture and God breathing life into me, changing me, forming me, making me more like Jesus. I was taking 500 shots a day, and I didn't even know it. I'd put something into my life that was training me. How about you? Like, where do you need to train? Maybe for you, it's just being regular going to church. Like, instead of coming once a month or twice a month, 
or to, every two months. I'm just going to come every Sunday. I'm going to train myself to do that. Maybe it's reading the Bible. You're going to get a Bible reading plan. I'm going to read some of that every single day. Maybe you're going to pray every day or start a, a thankfulness journal where you're going to write down to God what you're thankful to get that complaining out of your life. Whatever it is, God says, hey, if you want to get on this narrow path, you have to train. If we want to play the game, we have to put in the work. So where are you training and where are you abstaining? The last thing Paul says is this. If you're going to play, remember the reward. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize, so run that you win it? Every athlete goes into strict training in all things, they do this to receive a perishable wreath. But we, the Christ followers, we do it to receive an imperishable one. In the Isthmian Games, if you won a competition, you would receive a wreath of celery. No joke. Like, that's, like, I, they should have done that with my spelling bee. It's like, if you got the participation, you get a stalk of celery. Like, that would have further shamed us. But uh, celery used to be a very prestigious thing back then, obviously. But they would put it in a circle as a crown or as a circle, they put it around their neck as a wreath. And that was their gold medal. That was their trophy. That was, they were the victor. They were the champion. If you were an athlete, you were working for that wreath. And what Paul's saying is like, hey, I know you know all about this. You know all about these wreaths and these crowns. You know all about the rewards. And that reward that you can win in a game, it will perish. The trophy, you'll lose the trophy. The celery will wilt. Nobody will remember the game. But guess what will not perish? The reward from God. If you follow after him, if you run after him, that reward will never go away. I think what Paul is saying is this. We run so hard towards rewards that perish, but take for granted the reward that doesn't. Isn't that so true? Man, we run so hard to get our kids to achieve in their activities and their sports. We run so hard to be successful at the workplace. We run so hard to get everybody to like us. And God's just saying, you run so hard for these rewards that perish, and you take for granted the reward it doesn't. Now, last week, Brian, he talked a bit about this reward. And he said this reward is eternal life with God. And if you, I think, I think he said this, he said, he said, the reward of eternal life, he said so eloquently, that freaking crap's going to be awesome, is what he, he said. So it's a, great, it's a great reward. But we receive this reward when we place our faith in Jesus and he forgives us and we decide to follow him and we have this reward for eternal life. But have you ever felt like the reward of eternal life feels a bit like a participation ribbon? God, you just follow Jesus and you get it. Like why would you play to win? Why would you put in the work if all you do is receive the same reward? Well, back in 2017, um, my wife and I, we um, embarked on one of the greatest adventures in our life. We traveled to China to adopt our little girl, Rin. And so when we flew over there, before we could adopt her, we had to spend three or four days in Beijing uh, with the five other couples that went with us. And one of the things we got to do on those days 
is we got to go to one of the seven wonders of the world, the Great Wall of China. So we were like, hey, we're going to go. We're going to walk on this wall. Well, I didn't realize you don't walk on this part of the wall, at least. You climb up this part of the wall. I mean, it just extends all the way up into this mountain. And I remember as we were, we were walking up it, we were just like, we could see like, you know, like those three outposts. They look like castles, kind of. We could see, okay, when we get up there, we'll be to the top. But when we got to the next one, there was three more. We got to the next one, there was three more. I didn't know this was called a false summit. You think you're at the top, but you're not actually at the top. And so we got to the first or second one, and half our group's like, no, we're done. Like, this might go all the way to heaven. We have no idea. Like, this might go forever. Like, it keeps. So they were like, we're done, and they started walking down. And this is a picture about halfway up the mountain. Right here, it's about halfway up. And so about half the people, they kind of went, and we kept on walking up the mountain. We got a little bit higher. Some more people went down uh, the mountain. And then finally, after what we thought would be about 15 minutes, it was an hour of hiking up a mountain. We got to the top. And this is the view we had when we got to the top. It was unbelievable. What it didn't tell you is I had actually been doing P90X for like a year and a half. I freaking dominated this mountain. Like everyone was sucking wind. I just like, bam. It's like, I'm fine, guys. I'm doing squats with Tony. Horton? What's his name? I don't know what his name is. What's the point? What was the reward? We were all on the great wall of China, but the reward kept getting better the higher you climbed. We were all on the great wall of China, but man, the higher you went, the more you could see, the more beauty you could take in, the better it got. Play to win. Put in the work because the reward gets better the higher you climb. I was trying to think, like, why did so many people turn back? I mean, it was a hard climb, but it was not the hardest climb in the entire world. And I think the reason why so many of them turned back is they, they just didn't really care. Like, it's like, I don't care if I get to the top. It doesn't matter. Isn't that so true in our faith as well? We don't care to make that trek up the mountain towards Jesus because it's a lot of work. It doesn't really matter to me. I just want to tell you, there is so much more. I'm not very far up the mountain. I'm probably not even a quarter of the way up. But I'm just telling you, the view is so great. And it's getting better. Jesus is so much more beautiful the higher you get. The way I view Jesus now from when I started is completely different. I can't even understand how life makes any sense without him anymore. The reward was never just about eternal life. The reward is about knowing the giver of eternal life. So we keep going up the mountain because we want to keep seeing him more. The thing I wish I would have known about following Jesus is it won't just happen. We won't get to see the fullness of God overnight. So let's go, church. 
Let's stop sitting at the bottom of the mountain with our participation ribbons, and let's venture up the mountain. Let's play to win. Let's put in the work because the reward will keep getting better the higher we climb. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for your word. It's just amazing that this stuff is in there. That this metaphor of sports, which is so apt for us today, we could still use this for our faith. God, help us to play to win. Let's play this game called Christianity, following Jesus like it matters. Let's put in the work. Let's abstain from things. Let's train in ways because it's so much better. We want to be on the path that leads to you. This help us to always know that their efforts aren't in vain. The higher we go, the better it looks. The more we see of you, the more we get to experience. Help us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.